0: Welcome to LifeBeat, Right to Life of Michigan's bi-weekly podcast going in-depth on pro-life news and issues. I'm your host, Chris Gast, RLM's Director of Communication and Education. Our feature today is Post-Abortion Syndrome. But first, let's go over the big stories from the last two weeks. We had wonderful news that we found out about just yesterday. Governor Rick Snyder signed into law the Coercive Abortion Prevention Act. This was House Bills 4787 and House Bills 4830. And just like the name suggests, these bills will help stop coerced abortions from happening in Michigan. Specifically, CAPA adds to Michigan's current anti-extortion and coercion provisions. It basically defines coercion to abort as a specific crime, and it sets penalties for that. Now, parts of CAPA were passed into law in 2012 through the Pro-Life Omnibus Act, that big piece of legislation we worked on that reformed how regulation about abortion clinics happens in Michigan. And the provisions that were passed in the Pro-Life Omnibus Act included a screening process at abortion clinics and requiring the clinics to post a sign stating that coercion to abort is illegal. Now, these provisions aren't taking place because we don't have coercion to abort defined as a specific crime and there's no penalties. And so now that we have this law in effect, um, these provisions can now be put into place. Now, it was really interesting when it comes to Kappa about the debate. We talked about this a couple weeks ago about how the abortion industry pretends that abortion coercion doesn't happen. Well, it was interesting in the legislative debates over Kappa, there was a number that kept getting thrown around by pro abortion legislators, and that was that coercive abortions happen in only 3% of cases. They're trying to say it's not a big deal, it's only 3%. But let's look at that number for a second. There were about 27,000 abortions in Michigan in 2015. So that means in that year, applying that 3% number to it, there were 815 Michigan women forced to take the life of their own child against their will in the state. And those pro-abortion legislators are saying that's not a problem. That's not a big deal. We don't need to worry about it. 815 women. How can you downplay coerced abortions when you're admitting that it happens to hundreds of women? That's just beyond us. And like we said two weeks ago, they're not doing anything about it. They don't care. We're doing something about it. Now it's the law. In other news, Grand Rapids-based abortionist Thomas Gordon has run into trouble with the state. Gordon is the abortionist at the main abortion clinic in Grand Rapids, and he himself has performed thousands of abortions over the years. Uh, Dr. Gordon has a very long history with run-ins uh, with the law, and that's important because in Michigan, physicians are required to disclose criminal convictions to Michigan's Department of Licensing and Regulatory Affairs. Gordon didn't do that. He actually has quite an extensive record um, as we looked into his legal history other pro-life individuals looked into his legal history um, you know all publicly available it was discovered that Gordon had had arrest and charges for drunk driving aggravated assault domestic violence and possessing a firearm under the influence in fact specifically about the firearm WW uh, excuse me wzzm did some more research into it and they found a personal protection order that was filed by Gordon's wife in 2010. And in it, his wife described how, quote, several times in the past three years, he has even put his 45 millimeter pistol to my head when I was sleeping, unquote. Several times, Gordon has essentially put a gun to his wife's head. And this man is allowed to practice medicine in Michigan. Imagine if this were a dentist. Imagine if this were a podiatrist or a veterinarian. They'd be outraged. Well, what has Planned Parenthood of Michigan said about it? What has Narell said about it? Narrow lists Gordon's Grand Rapids Clinic on their website. Planned Parenthood refers women to his clinic. They haven't said a thing. Gordon is just the latest in a long line of abortion industry abuses uh, in Michigan. In March of 2012, we did a comprehensive report about how the state has, in the past, refused to take this seriously, and there's a lot that they've refused to take action on. Many abortionists and abortion clinics in Michigan have violated many laws, and it wasn't only until the last few years with a change in legislation and a change in enforcement that they were taken seriously. And we can't stress that enough. When it comes to elected officials, we've seen time and time again in Michigan, in other states, you look at the Gosnell case, even with uh, Republicans who weren't pro-life in the state of Pennsylvania, who just look the other way and all these abuses. We don't let other clinics get away with these things. Why do we let abortion clinics get away with it? There were a couple other little news stories that were interesting. The pro-euthanasia film Me Before You uh, debuted last weekend. It was an adaptation of a book. Uh, The story is essentially a very rich playboy gets injured, uh, turned into basically uh, almost a quadriplegic, and wants to commit suicide. Uh, Travel to Switzerland in what's called in Switzerland suicide tourism, and go to a clinic there to end his life. Now, it's interesting just because of the timing with everything else. You look at California. uh, uh, This week, California's law allowing doctor-prescribed suicide went into effect. Other states, even though there have been multiple failures on the part of doctor-prescribed suicide activists, they continue pushing in other states, and perhaps they will soon in Michigan. So in two weeks, our feature will be looking at doctor-prescribed suicide in depth. There's a new study out, it's actually a study of studies, a meta-analysis of many studies, found that abortion increases the risk of preterm birth 52%. Once again there, more evidence that abortion is not only bad for the child, it's bad for the woman too. So some interesting story involving adult stem cells. Uh, As in the last few years, there haven't been really any successes involving fetal stem cells or embryonic stem cells. You just don't hear much about the entire field anymore. But there was a breakthrough study in adult stem cell research treating stroke. Now, it's always important when it comes to new research not to overstate what happened. It was a small study involving safety in testing adult stem cell treatments derived from bone marrow on stroke victims. Most of the stroke victims reported drastic improvements in their condition. Now again, it's important not to overstate it. It was not a study looking at efficacy. It was a study looking at just safety. And it was just one study using a small group of individuals. But if this had been an embryonic stem cell research study, you would have heard about it. If this had been a study on tissue used from boarded babies, you would have heard about it. But it's ethical adult stem cells, so it doesn't get a lot of attention. So that's what we're here to do. Give it plenty of good attention, because that's what it deserves. Okay, now let's get to our feature of the week, post-abortion syndrome. Most of you have probably known someone who has had an abortion, or if you haven't, you've heard a story directly from someone who has been post-abortive. So you know that it's a real thing. A lot of people in the abortion industry, unfortunately, this is a common theme, if you'll notice, try to deny that these stories exist or say it's just a few amount of women that have these feelings. But we know that's not the case. There are very many women who experience trauma following an abortion. And it's not just limited to women either. It can be men, it can be parents of a woman who's had an abortion, other family members, even children when they learn about the fact that one of their siblings was aborted so post-abortion syndrome itself uh, often called PAS is a it's kind of been defined as a subset of post-traumatic stress disorder because of the very similar symptoms these symptoms may occur immediately following the abortion they could also develop years later or they surface around the times of events like the anniversary of the abortion or the due date Um, major holidays, any kind of event can be a trigger, just like PTSD. And so what are some of these symptoms that can be involved? Um, It's it's a wide range, just like PTSD. Uh, Here's just a list of some of the more common ones. Sadness, depression, thoughts of suicide, low self-esteem, anxiety, trouble bonding with other children. Uncontrollable crying, drug and alcohol abuse, eating disorders, sleep disorders, self-punishing behaviors, abusive relationships, promiscuity, survival guilt, uh, even reliving the abortion experience. Now millions of women in America have had abortions, but relatively few speak openly about their experience. Many, many, many post-abortive women and men are suffering in silence. And because of the denials in the abortion industry that these kind of feelings must not be legitimate because so few people are having them, it makes us wonder how many people are refusing to tell their stories because maybe they support abortion, but they still feel some kind of grief, um, some kind of remorse over it, and they're told that they can't feel those emotions. They can't have those experiences. Now, we have evidence beyond just anecdotes and personal stories about PAS. This shows up in the literature. One study in 2008 looked at 3,000 women and found that abortion is related to an increased risk of several mental health problems, including specifically post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. A 2010 study of just over 3,000 American women found that abortions associated with mood disorders, anxiety, substance abuse, and suicidal thoughts. This isn't just an American phenomenon. A 1998 study in Sweden found that more than half of women experience emotional distress one year following their abortion, and 30% of these women were experiencing severe emotional distress. Now, it's kind of important to note with PTSD, it can develop many years later following the event. And so the Swedish study looked at women just a year after their abortion. Now, a lot of studies uh, cited to refute that this occurs will often look at women one year or before from the time of their abortion. Another study looked at 36 studies between 1995 and 2011. It found that abortion is, increased, uh, abortion is associated with an increased risk of mental problems in 13 studies. It found no difference between abortion and childbirth in five of those studies, and only one of those studies found a worse outcome for giving birth in terms of mental health. Women who experience pregnancy loss are three times more likely to experience a lifetime drug disorder and women who had abortions were more likely to engage in drug abuse than those who experienced miscarriage. That was according to a 2008 Australian study. A 96 study in Finland found that suicide rates increased significantly, significantly in relation to abortion versus childbirth. They found that the suicide rate for women who gave birth was 5.9 per 100,000, and the suicide rate for women who had abortions was 34.7. Per 100,000. A 2010 study also found that second and third trimester abortions are more likely to be associated with trauma than first trimester abortions, specifically experiencing disturbing dreams, reliving the abortion experience, and trouble falling asleep. So, we know that these problems exist. Thankfully, there are resources out there to find healing and forgiveness. You can find some of these resources on the Right to Life of Michigan website. In our resource centers, we have books that deal with it. There's hotline numbers. You can go to pregnancy centers in the state, and they'll be able to refer you to a program that involves post-abortion healing. You've probably heard of notable ones uh, like Rachel's Vineyard, for example. So if you're listening and you know someone who is experiencing post-abortive trauma, or maybe that's you, you're personally experiencing this there is hope there is healing available there's plenty of resources out there to help you go to our website www.rtl.org and you can find a list of those available okay that's all we have for this edition of life beat join us for our next episode where we'll be talking about dps doctor prescribed suicide in depth thanks for listening and have a great weekend